Hi, this is Bob Jordan. I'm celebrating the launch of Jim Camp's book, Start With No, the unabridged audio version. And in that celebration, I had a chance to catch up with Lanham Napier, who worked with Jim Camp. Lanham was president of Rackspace, a company that he helped take from $2 million in revenue to $2 billion. And he kind of had a secret weapon. The secret weapon was Jim Camp. So I wanted to catch up with Lanham and ask him exactly how did he use a coach? How did he get better at negotiation? Joining us in our call is Todd Camp. Todd is Jim Camp's son, and he is the CEO of Camp Negotiation Systems, and he does a great job explaining how great negotiators work. Thanks so much for joining us. Lanham Napier and Todd Camp, thank you so much for joining me. The, uh, the reason for our, our audio here is a celebration of Jim Camp, and uh, in particular, um, so glad that Penguin Random House is issuing the unabridged full recording of Start With No, Jim's first book, coming out uh, September 29th, 2020. And uh, you both have just incredible strengths and familiarity with Jim, Todd, of course, because Jim's your dad, and Lanham, because you worked with Jim. So for starters, diving right in here, because Lanham, I'm so fascinated with the fact that Rackspace used Jim as a coach. You took Rackspace from $2 million to $2 billion. I, I wanna ask you about how you did that, but somebody hearing that, hearing that you ran a company and you went to those incredible heights, why would you ever need a coach why would you ever need a coach in negotiation? One would presume you know it all. So why did you use a coach? Well, look, I would just say the older I get, the more I realize I don't know much. And the, the thing that was nice about Coach Camp, and I look, I loved calling that guy coach. I mean, it was just fantastic, is, you know, negotiations are hard. Um, people have different skill sets. And Coach Camp was a negotiation guru, you know, in a way that allowed us to, you know, negotiate on principle, negotiate in a way that was consistent with our organizational values and get great outcomes, you know, for us and the people involved. So I just felt like, uh, and I continue to feel this way, we are all a work in progress. You know, I am incredibly fallible, <laughs> screw stuff up all the time. So, you know, having a coach is a pretty good thing. Did you feel when you met Jim that you were – not so great at negotiation or what was motivating you? Well, you know, the, the real driver was all of our transactions were negotiated. So it, whenever we signed up a new customer, there was a, a price negotiation. You know, whenever we went to the bank, that was a price negotiation. So one day we just came to the conclusion, holy crap, we are surrounded by negotiations and we don't know if we're any good at it or not. You know, so it's like I remember in business school, I did all the Fisher, Yuri getting to yes stuff, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, that's a technique. You know, some people really like that. You know, maybe there are other techniques. And I remember sitting on this sales call once where I felt like we just got the tar kicked out of us. You know, I remember it's like, come on, man. You know, it's like, man, we worked really hard to make it this far. You're just going to roll over. It's like, come on, man. Um, and I, I, 
after that, I felt like, man, we needed a, a different approach, you know, something that would pump us up a little bit and do it in a way that was, we could at least act like we knew what we were doing if we didn't. <laughs> That's great. Todd, you, you grew up with your dad, you know, having developed the system. I'm just, I'm, what, what is that like where your father is kind of teaching you from the get-go, you know, from the get-go as, <laughs> as, as a kid, you know, how to be more disciplined the way that you're negotiating? What was that like? Yeah, it's, it's funny, Bob. I, Looking back, I didn't realize he was teaching me and my siblings the system you know, at a very young age. And, and a lot of it was what questions he would ask us. You know, he was really gifted at creating vision with questions. And so all he would do is ask us, you know, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on a certain topic? And then we, we'd answer the question. And then he would ask us an, a how question, such as, you know, well, how, how are you going to do that? And he would help us see for ourselves our mindset and the way we were thinking about different things, that there was a challenge with the way, way we had it in our brain at the time. And so he, he was able to coach us. And when he was coaching us, he, he was teaching us the system. And we, we didn't realize it because we were so young. But I remember flying around on a, you know, a small twin-engine airplane with him to different cities in the Midwest, watching him do his seminars. You know, when I was, I think I was 10 years old and, and literally, you know, we'd fly to Indianapolis or Chicago and he'd have a room full of professionals and he would do his thing. And, and so, yeah, we, we were around the system and, and his coaching, you know, very, very fortunately from a very young age. So it, it was pretty, looking back, I, I have a lot of laughs. It was a lot of fun, but there was also, you know, some times where like every good coach, he challenged you. You know, they, we, as a coaching team, we, we want our, our, our athletes to be the best they can be. And Jim was the same way with us. He, he just was a nonstop educator and coach. Sometimes he was a little bit hard on us, but he, you know, he was uh, just, just excellent at helping us become more effective decision makers and being focused on the right thing. Um, and he also, you know, through, I would say, uh, you know, these life lessons, he helped us see a lot of times our mindset wasn't where it should be, right? Our mindset was a little off, and we should be thinking about things just a, a tad differently. And he and he coached it. He coached you in a way that you wanted to hear. You know, he he was really good at that. So, Todd, what are your uh, what are what for for people listening to this? They haven't read the book and they're not listening to the audio. What are, what are some of the top takeaways you think from Jim Kemp in terms of helping someone become a better negotiator? Well, if I think about essentially what he did, Bob, is he, you know, in our system, there's really three different categories we think about. There's, there's mindset. You know, what is negotiation? How do you think about it? Um, Usually when he started a, a workshop or even today when we start a workshop with the new team, that's our first question is, you know, how, does, how do each of you define negotiation? What's it mean to you? Because if we can get into the mindset of, of the athlete, of our client, 
we can start to see, you know, if they have any, uh, if they have any problems with, you know, the, the feeling of need to, to compromise early and unnecessarily, you know, if they have a, uh, if they think what's a win-win approach, most people equate win-win with, well, I've got to make concessions. I'm going to show up to make concessions, and so is the other party. And quite frankly, if you go to the, the table with that mindset and the other party is hoping you'll you'll show up to compromise, usually, you know, you get taken advantage of and and you end up making bad agreements. So there was mindset helping people discover there's there's a different way of thinking about negotiation. Um, and then there's also a system structure. You know, we have a system with a structure that includes things like mission and purpose, uh, which is, is really the foundation of almost everything we do to prepare, you know, because our mission and purpose is set in the world of the other party. So it's really hard for, for human beings to get out of our own you know, our, our own world and spend time, you know, in the world of the other party, that, that's really where we're, we're safe. So he had a system structure to help you prepare, execute, and debrief, prepare, execute, and debrief over and over throughout the life of the business relationship. And that, that was the second most important part. And then he had behaviors, essentially what to say and how to say it. You know, what, what's the real problem I must have heard him a thousand times on coaching calls, working with him. And he would ask all of us, you know, and I'm sure, Lanham, you've heard him say this many times, you know, what's the real problem? And if you can identify what the real problem is, you know, what is the other party not seeing today that we need to help them discover? And how do we do that in a safe way? Um, so what is that problem? How are we going to state it? in a nurturing manner so they don't get upset? And then what questions are we going to ask around that problem to get people to see what they don't see? Uh, so there's, you know, Jim had a mindset. He had a system structure to help you, you know, he, he was an airline captain. So he was used to doing checklists and logs, you know, before and after every flight. Well, he, he kind of treated his system the same way. We have checklists and logs we use to prepare execute and debrief. And then he had, you know, just outstanding behaviors that he taught and, and help people incorporate those into their, their script or their email or, or, uh, you know, their, their meeting, uh, agenda that they're going to execute. So. That's great, Todd. Lanham, how about for you? What are the, uh, what are the top takeaways you would want people to know about how to be a better negotiator? Well, I, I generally think the first thing to realize is everything we learned compromising as kids does not prepare us for negotiation. You know, I think it's one of those things. I mean, listening to Todd talk about your prepare, execute, debrief, that is not what I learned at recess. You know, <laughs> so I think the problem is, you know, we learn all these darn things as kids and we carry them on as adults. And that's just, that was not intentional preparation, man. I mean, that's just what it was when I needed my jelly beans or whatever. Okay, so I, I think the, the thing that Coach Camp taught me is that it is about a system. And he also taught me not to get so darn attached. You know, that, hey, we're just going to work on this thing, and it's just a thing. And it is what it is. And don't get so darn emotionally involved, kid. 
you know, I was kind of a hyperactive little bugger. And he would just say, man, <laughs> chill out, right? Chill out. And then I knew I was in trouble whenever he would say, you're going to think I'm crazy. Right? And then he would give me this <laughs> incredibly unnatural thing to go do, right? Like scared the crap out of me thing to go do with this other customer, you know, or this prospect that I really needed that I was emotionally attached to. And what he taught me in that is, you know, managing oneself in it is just as important as trying to uncover what the real problem is that, you know, we are unable to discover the real problem until we can manage ourselves. And I think what his, to me, the power of his system that he developed just the, uh, in, in the repeatability of it, you know, and the use of interrogatives, I think it made it so I could address these really hard, complex things a step at a time. You know, I could do it based on principles. I could remain at arm's length from it without this darn thing running my life. And, and we could, you know, get the best outcome we could get. Right. And I think what I really appreciated about him was it, it's almost like the system brought a bit of stoicism to it, if that makes sense. It's sort of like, okay, you know, we're adults. We're going down this journey together. We're going to follow this process. We're going to be good players on the field. You know, we're going to be principled players on the field. And we're going to have great results. And I just think it, I, it, it went from this thing uh, to where I thought negotiation was all art. You know, so you'd read in the history books about, you know, detente and all this crap. And I'm like, oh, man, those guys, whoo, that's Michelangelo. Man, not at all, dude. I mean, like the best negotiators actually are more like Bill Walsh calling up offensive coordinator plays. You know, I mean, he's got a script. He's got a plan. You know, the first quarter is already – he already knows what it's going to be, you know. And I think that's what camp taught me is that there's actually a methodology to this. It's not magic. It's not the dark arts of negotiation. You know, you can take a principled approach that's repeatable. And because it's repeatable, you know, one can get better at it because practice makes perfect. Jim used to uh, say to me, he'd get me ready for negotiation. He'd say, let's have fun with it. And I'm thinking, fun? This is <laughs> life or death? Fun. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and eventually, uh, eventually it would sink in. And Todd, it's funny because you talk about preparing and then uh, executing, you know, your behaviors. And it just reminds me of, I mean, I, I had over a thousand uh, checklists that I prepared for Jim in the early years because they just got into the system. It also reminds me of, you know, how he related some of the things he did to having been a pilot. One point yeah. he said to me, he said, you know, he said, you're a pilot, you're trained repeatedly so many times and you see this red light go off and you're five feet from landing. He said, you go back up. He said, he said, speed is life. He said, you just, you know, you're on a system and you have to stay with the system and the system is gonna save you. So see, I think that's part of his genius. To me, part of the genius is that he was able to realize and the power of systems in high stress situations, you know, aviation being a great example. And then he was able to port that wisdom from aviation to create a system for negotiation, which is also a high stress thing. And so now we can enter these high stress things, you know, emotionally detached or emotionally centered and be able to handle it when the damn red light goes off. 
that red life being your board, <laughs> your boss, yeah. right? Your spouse, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's like, oh, crap, red light, dude, <laughs> pull up. <laughs> yeah. Todd, you, you remember your dad ever telling you, he said, you know, how when he was training to be a fighter pilot, even just putting on the flight suit, you know, it was so constricting, you just want to throw up and that he had to develop these, these checklists for himself just to figure out like getting into the jet, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he used to tell all kinds of stories. And that's, I think for a lot of a lot of folks, if you haven't used the system, it's hard to understand what that means. Um, but yeah, in Jim's world, you know, they have systems in place to keep you safe, right? When you're a pilot, you know, he called negotiation a human performance event. And he, he believed, you know, flying a plane, uh, you know, dancing in a ballet, uh, playing in an orchestra, all of those things are human performance events. And the best coaches always have a system to manage that event because they understand the rules, laws, and principles, principled behavior in that environment that, that would um, keep you safe and also produce great outcomes. And in negotiation, that's exactly what he did. He took a very disciplined approach that he learned, I think, from the military and he said, okay, how do I translate this into a system of negotiation that people can use in any type of a conversation where they're asking someone to make a decision or someone else is asking us to make a decision? That's essentially what Jim thought a negotiation was. You know, anytime uh, decisions were being asked to be made, that was a negotiation and you could apply his, his process, his method, his system to that, that conversation. But yeah, so there's a lot of discipline behind it. And there was, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of simplicity. He kept, he tried to keep things very simple. You know, when, when he coached, usually coaches you through a checklist, there's only three, four, five problems with some questions. And then potentially, you know, what decision you're gonna ask for or what decision you're making and you wanna make it clear to the other party that's the decision you're making. Cause that's what he believed you know, move negotiations forward, decision. And and so that's, yeah, that's what he, that's what he did. It was pretty remarkable. It's terrific. Lanham, can you recall, you're at Rackspace, you're being coached by Jim. You're, you're feeling like, okay, maybe this contrarian counterintuitive approach may work. Can you recall a turning point where you started coaching someone on your team to be a better negotiator and thought, wow, this is working? Yeah, I mean, I think that particularly earlier in this podcast, we talked a little bit about customer stuff. And I, I think that, you know, the extreme neediness for a sales rep to hit a quota at the end of a month, at the end of a quarter, you know, and you've got this big fish you're trying to reel in. There's so much temptation to drop one's economics precipitously, you know, just get that darn fish in the boat. And I remember just, you know, Jim had this amazing thing he called the strip line, which was, hey, why would you do this with me anyway? You know, why would you pick us anyway? And it really puts you, you know, in a positive view in their world. And I remember telling uh, this, this racker whose, uh, you know, identity will remain anonymous for their safety. Um, it's like, look, dude, it's going to be okay, man. And what we're going to do is I said, look, it's time for us 
to start standing firmer on these things and discovering where the boundaries really are. And the first thing we're going to do to help us understand this is let's, let's explore why they want to do this with us anyway. Because right now it feels like they're kicking the tar out of us, which means they don't really want to do it with us. But as soon as we say, why do you want to do it with us? They're going to remember why they want to do it with us. <laughs> you know, so we would do that. I remember watching these reps like, man, you know, you just can't, this thing's fine China. If you ping it, it's going to break. You can't do this. You know, like all these guys are scared to death. And I get it. This is that, you know, the stressful situation. So you need a system. Um, and I just said, nope, we're going to do it, man. And so I didn't do it. It was, it's as Todd said, I wrote down, you know, I can't remember the specifics, but we're going to help them. We're going to try to discover why we are such a good fit for them. And we're going to ask them the question, why would you do it with us anyway? You know, and then they start talking about it. And I said, okay, man, ask about that. (laughs) Ask about that. You know, so there's sort of game time decisions and audibles at that point. But I felt like it, what it did was just expand the horizons of people to realize, you know, through good interrogatives, you can actually complete the picture. And without the picture, it's really hard to get to a great result for either party. What uh, I'm curious, you know, one of the things I think Rackspace did very well was the concept and, and how you executed on fanatical support. Yep. And we were, we were a Rackspace customer for many years, so we experienced the good side of having fanatical support. What was Jim's reaction to that as, as kind of mission and purpose for Rackspace? Oh, you know, I think he loved it. I, I think, uh, you know, my recollection is, I remember where Jim's work was so powerful, particularly in these, you know, sales negotiations, was just around, look, we got, you know, 5,000 rackers over here bleeding, you know, working around the clock to make this a pleasurable thing for our customers. And so we're not going to sell them short, man. I mean, and I think what Jim helped us help the sales team see is, you know, you know, we can be proud of what we're offering and we can stand up for it. You don't get to buy a Mercedes for a Chevy price. And if the, and if the Mercedes is the right fit, you know, here's the deal. And if it's not the right fit, that's okay too. Let's go discover whether or not it's the right fit. You know, and I think that the, the fanatical support was an expression of our values, an expression of, you know, how we wanted the world to operate. And I think what Coach Camp helped us do was within a negotiation or conversations, he just helped us dimensionalize that and make it actionable. You know, so we could show up with the intent of fanatical support, but not an ability to explore a complex, difficult conversation with you in a rigorous manner before camp. And I think camp helped us understand you know, how, like I'll walk in a bookstore and you'll see a difficult conversation, crucial conversation, you know, all this kind of stuff. I think to me, camp took the, took our intent and helped us dimensionalize it into our actions. And that was what was so incredibly powerful about it. And I actually think it's applicable far beyond negotiation. I, I basically, you know, when Todd's talking about how this thing is a human performance event, turns out I'm in human performance events all day long, you know, and this <laughs> It's not all negotiations, like every conversation is a human performance event, you know, and some matter more than others, but I think having a underlying systemic approach uh, to it is, I think, transformational. And I think Jim's, you know, Jim was a guy who had wisdom and his wisdom was to take this ability to create a system in stressful situations 
that becomes uh, second nature for people. And I think applying that, imagine if we had that type of system in our political discourse, in our legislative discourse, and you know, our marital discourse, I mean, all that's really good. You know, I mean, I, I think about it all the time as I'm raising my kids, like, okay, you know, mission and purpose of this conversation is what? How am I gonna help my lovely daughter explore this? Right, you know, I mean, I think this is applicable all over the place, I, you know, that's been my experience with it anyway. There's a story in the book, Todd, you'll remember this. There's a, there's a story in the book of um, watching a little league game and, and oh, yeah. you know, the uh, kid, kid hits the ball and he's running towards first and people are yelling and kid starts looking around and, 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 you know, and Jim uses that as a very simple example of staying on your mission because it's like your job is to run as fast as you can to first base. And if you're looking around or if you're staying in a running race and you're looking at the clock, you're not doing what is valid for that. And I just, I, I thought that was powerful, but such a great example of how we get distracted. So this is, this is final question here for you both, which is what do you think is most, the, the, the most timeless lesson somebody should take away um, to being more effective. Todd, what do you think? Or final thoughts? Yeah, so I, it's a great question, Bob. I think, um, and Lamb's kind of pointed on this, uh, you can only manage what you can manage. You know, we're very emotional creatures. And so what can we manage? We can manage our activity, our behavior, and the decisions we make. So the biggest thing, you know, I've taken away from my dad and, and try and, you know, coach to my, my uh, clients is, you know, if you have a process, you'll, you'll start to see your emotions come down a notch and your focus, you know, gets better because all you're doing is thinking about, you know, what activity should I be doing right now? What behavior should I be using? Or what decisions should I be asking for or making that will allow the negotiation to continue? Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's it's the point of the the little league story. It's it's everything. People get so wrapped up. You know, a lot of our clients that work with venture backed startups, and they're always just brilliant with their technology. You know, they're dead in their wheelhouse. The challenge is a lot of these you know, young entrepreneurs just don't know what they don't know. They haven't been in a lot of different types of negotiations. So what we try and do is, is just help them focus on their activity and their behavior, what they're going to say, how they're going to say it. A lot of these, a lot of folks like to try and guess how the other party is going to respond. You know, they'll do this and then I'll do this. And so we try and help them, you know, learn a set of behaviors that become habit that on, on the spot, they can simply reverse or ask a new question or ask the, you know, other, other party to tell, you know, tell me more about how you're thinking about that. That's an interesting thing I haven't thought of. Tell me more about that and stay in, you know, stay in the, the respect of other parties world, let them elaborate. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just focusing on what you can manage, which is activity behavior and the decisions you make. And that, that's really it. That's great. Lanham, final thoughts and, and what is most timeless here? 
Well, um, first of all, I think you've got a really hard question there. Okay, because the, the, the lots of stuff's timeless, but you're asking me most timeless. And you know, this is a treasure chest of effectiveness <laughs> with Coach Camp. <laughs> all right. So you know, I think for me, it is a what what I would tell the audience is, you know, developing a um an easy to use system to think about the problems you face is a treasure chest of effectiveness forever. And I, I think that, yeah, you know, I remember when, when I would work with camp, you know, he'd give me stuff and I think, okay, there's the thrust of it, but I got to tweak it for me, you know, for my style, my words, my mission. You know, yeah. so I always felt like, you know, coach camp could give it to me, you know, 88% there and the final 12 is on me. So I, I, I think for what I would encourage the audience to think about is with coaches system, it's right, but it's not going to be necessarily right for you. You're going to have to tweak it a bit to make it yours. And then once you make it yours and you train on it and become second nature, I think one will find oneself using it uh, from negotiations to conversations uh, and I think, you know, there's that quote about Einstein and faced with a difficult problem. How would he allocate the time? He had a disproportionate amount of time allocated to thinking about the problem before he went to go solve it. And I sort of think that's the magic of coach camp. It was the system makes you think about it. Whereas hell, I, I feel like a lot of times I'm in business meetings that people want to talk three minutes and they go call somebody. I'm like, dude, that's not thinking that's skimming. That's called recklessness. You know, and by the way, that's my money. You know, so it's like, dude, you know, we're going to think about this a little bit longer. All right. And so I just kind of think what camp did is, you know, the whole world's in such a darn hurry. Camp's like, slow down and think about it. You know, and then when you hit the ball, you'll know to run to first base instead of all the immediate feedback you get afterward. So I think that's the thing. It's like, it's, uh, you know, we live in this amazingly hyperactive, instant gratification, short-term world. So if we can all take a breath, think about what we're going to do, have a plan, act on it, debrief ex afterward, iterate based on what we learned, that's a pretty darn good mechanism for effectiveness. Lanham Napier and Todd Camp, thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. Really appreciate your time and your insights. And I uh, know Jim is uh, smiling down on us and he's happy we're doing this. So thank you both. I hope you enjoyed that talk with Lanham Napier and Todd Camp. Thanks very much. And if you didn't have a chance to listen in to the call that we had with TJ Rogers, you can find that as well. It's another fascinating story of how a champion was coached to becoming an even better negotiator. Thank you. <laughs>